Ciao, Bella. I am Oceana Fortuna, and this is the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. We'll talk about a magical mix of mystical methods, including everything that works to live your best life, grow spiritually, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, and connect with spirit to embrace the magic that is all around you. If you enjoy the show, please give it a thumbs up or write a glowing review and subscribe so you'll know when the next episode is available. And may good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. And now, on with the show. (laughs) Welcome to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. This is the Halloween episode. Do you love Halloween? I know so many people who go all out for this holiday. Nowadays, people spend more money on Halloween decorations than they do for Christmas. And in my mind, that's pretty amazing. That's a lot of money on decorations. Several friends come to mind who spend hours dreaming up and creating amazing Halloween costumes and they win prizes for them. I haven't done this in years. I think the last time I went to a costume party, I dressed as a Native American and my husband dressed as a cowboy. (laughs) Not very imaginative, but that's what we did. I thought it might be fun to talk about how Halloween got started. That is part of the fun and it's quite a long history. So the tradition originated with the ancient Celts and the festival they celebrated of Samhain, which looks like Samhain, if you don't know how to speak ancient Celt. People lit bonfires and wore costumes to ward off the spirits and ghosts that hung around at that time of year. Of course, like many pagan holidays, the church got involved and gave it their own twist. Pope Gregory III in the 700s chose, or I've also seen it as a 600, so I'm a little confused about that. But anyway, he chose November 1st as All Saints Day and borrowed some of the traditions from the Samhain festival. Yes, appropriation started a very long time ago. And that's how the evening prior to All Saints Day and that holiday became All Hallows' Eve and eventually Halloween. The holiday Samhain was celebrated by Celts over 2,000 years ago. Living in the area that is now Ireland as well as across the UK and even parts of northern France. The day actually was a harvest celebration and marked the end of summer. And that's how it became connected with the darkness because this is when the days grow shorter, the nights grow longer, and the beginning of the time when the darkness increases and the long cold winter approaches. And unfortunately, in ancient times, the winter put many people at risk of illness and sometimes death because of the weather and running out of food stocks, etc. This time of year, according to the Celts, was a time when the boundary between the world of the living and the dead blurred. 
And they said that this was the eve of the new year. So Samhain must have been the end of the old year. And then All Saints Day became, in effect, the new year, even though that's not when we celebrate the new year today. But anyway, they felt that the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead blurred. And so they believed on October 31st for Samhain, spirits of the dead returned to earth or ghosts returned. At times, the spirits were, I guess, a little mischievous and they caused some crack damage or trouble in the community or whatever, playing little tricks on us humans. But that also meant that they were more accessible. The Druids or priests could more easily connect with them at this time. So they felt their predictions about upcoming events could potentially be more accurate. This was important because as the people were completely dependent on the sometimes volatile and and uncertain nature of the, you know, natural world, weather and whatever, that this connection took on greater importance because this kind of prophecy offered a lot of comfort to people during that long winter and gave the community something positive to hold on to and look forward to as as spring would eventually return, things would warm up again and the cycle would begin anew. To celebrate, the Druids built these massive sacred bonfires, which is something that today's pagans and witches still follow. In the past, they made sacrifices also at this time by burning some of the crops and maybe even sacrificing a few animals to appease these spirits or ghosts. They also wore costumes, which was said mostly of animal fur and that sort of thing. And they told people's fortunes, going back to the whole prediction thing. They relit their own hearth fires at the end of all the ceremonies with embers that came from those sacred bonfires to start the new year with good luck. Here's something I never knew, but I find it really interesting because I'm totally into the time period of ancient Rome. As it turns out, ancient Romans had conquered much of all the Celtic territory by about the middle of the first century, And over the next 400 years, they intermingled with people. And so as a result, two of the Roman festivals were actually blended with Samhain tradition. So the first one was Pomona. Pomona is the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. And she had originally had her own celebration Uh, Her symbol was the apple, and this may very well be the reason why today people bob for apples on Halloween. I always think that stuff is so cool when you can trace back these little things we do to ancient times. The other holiday that got folded in with Samhain is, I don't know if I'm going to say it right, Feralia. That was a day in late October when Romans remembered people who had passed on. And I'm just fascinated that they took those two holidays and just wrapped them in with the other local tradition of the Celts. And today that has added to 
what happens with Halloween. So the old saying is that time changes everything, but maybe not really, because we still have Halloween thousands of years later. Now, coming to America, Halloween had a little rough start because, let's face it, those pilgrims were super stern, super religious Protestants, and they wanted no part of this nonsense and anything to do with um, the Celts and ancient religions and etc. So it took time, but as the colonies in the U.S. spread out and grew and more and more people came over from Europe, they were interested in Halloween, and so they brought that holiday to the United States. And then when the potato famine hit and there was a big influx of Irish who came over, Halloween was really back in business because, of course, they were of Celtic origin. So there you go. They were still celebrating. So dressing up and going door to door and all that stuff, that was a very European tradition and it morphed into today's idea of trick or treating. I love this part too. Back in, I'm not sure, maybe 1700s, 1800s, young women often held the belief that on All Hallows' Eve, and for all I know, this goes way back and it's not that recent at all. And so on All Hallows' Eve, it was easier to divine the name of their future husband by, you know, peeling an apple and watching how the skin fell to the floor, what the pieces of the peeling looked like. It also could be done by looking or gazing into mirrors. And there were even some things they did with yarn, but that wasn't explained in the stuff I read on the web. So... Don't ask me how that all happened, but doesn't that make it fun? Of course, young women are always looking for who are they going to marry? So that cracked me up. In the 1800s, Halloween was celebrated by both children and adults with parties and games and seasonal foods and costumes. And then bringing us up closer to the present in the 1950s with that huge post-war baby boom, There were tons of children around everywhere. And so the idea came to be about going door to door and people handing out small treats to the children and that this was actually a way to limit mischief in the community because I guess they had had a lot of problems at times with things being, you know, burned or, I don't know, in my neighborhood they did toilet paper, but that was way after the 50s, so... There's still some mischief to be had even today with Halloween. And that's part of the tradition, I guess. When my neighbor's kids were young, she would encourage them to decorate the neighborhood with toilet paper. And so the next morning I would come out and my trees would be filled with reams and reams and streamers of toilet paper. It made me crazy. I finally had to go over and tell her that I didn't think it was as much fun as she did. So they did stop. But um, yes, mischief on my little dead end street. Absolutely. Maybe I should have learned to roll with it better. But they're all grown up now. Yay. Anyway, now in the U.S., this is unbelievable to me. Halloween is estimated at a six billion dollar a year holiday how crazy is that six 
billion dollars. Oh my gosh. But you know what? We need to have fun. And if you have to spend a little money on some decorations and candy, go for it. Because now more than ever, I really believe connecting with people and having a good time, enjoying yourself and celebrating is more important than ever with everything being the way it is right now. So go for it. If this is your holiday, please indulge and enjoy. I also want to thank History.com where I got a lot of this interesting information. They made it so easy for me to share with you today. Anyway, to celebrate Halloween, I thought it might be nice to talk about some other podcasts that I listen to and their episodes about Halloween because it's the perfect time of year for that. So just tell you about three podcasts with some little scary stuff, a little spooky stuff, kind of eerie and the like. Uh, The first one is Spiritual Speakers, and I'll put the URL in the show notes because it's complicated, but you can find spiritualspeakers.com and that website has their podcast as well. The particular episode that I wanted to mention today from Spirit Speakers, and that really is two great women, Patty, who lives in the Pacific Northwest, and Jude, who lives in Hawaii, and they discuss all kinds of things. And you know what I really like about their podcast is they take the time to really describe things and explain how things are done and share lots of stories about their own experiences. So I've been really enjoying listening to them. They had this whole episode where they discussed all the extraterrestrial beings they have encountered. And apparently Jude has a lot more encounters than Patty did. So Jude did most of the talking and explaining about her experiences of otherworldly beings and describing them. And one of the things she talked about was that many of them actually live here on Earth in human earthly bodies. And it's like their natural habitat is some other world, some other star that they circulate around but right now they're here in human form learning earthly lessons and she says sometimes she can actually see um, in her mind's eye the shifting of what's beneath the human skin and what they really look like what the kind what kind of beings they are etc and she talked about so many things things I hadn't heard of she talked about things I had grays indigos Um, crystal children. She thinks they're all extraterrestrial. So she goes through all kinds of, um, like a massive list. It was really a great podcast. She went into a lot of detail and she talks about herself being a feline being. Never heard of that. The episode really goes into what they term star seeds, what it means to be a star seed, what it means if you come from someplace else and you've lived a lot of other lives that were not earth-based. So this might be right up your alley. I was actually pretty interested, even though, to be honest, this is just me, I'm a little averse to talking about aliens. First of all, I really don't want to meet any. I find it very scary and it's just not a strong interest of mine. I do know a woman who is so deep in with the alien stuff 
and trying to uncover the files and getting in with the government and all that stuff. And she goes to all these meetings with other believers and knows lots of people who have been abducted. Oh, the whole thing just gives me chills. But anyway, back in 1987, I was on my spiritual journey then and a good friend of mine knew I was into spiritual stuff. And so for my birthday, she bought me this book that had just come out, Whitley Stryver's book called Communion, A True Story. Yes, it was all about what I would now call Close Encounters of the First Kind, which if you ever heard that title before, was a movie with Richard Dreyfuss in 1977. He was completely obsessed with building and sculpting this mountain that was in his mind. And he did it even with mashed potatoes at the dinner table with his family. It was so, It's such a classic. If you can find it, it would be really fun to watch. But anyway, so my friend didn't understand that my idea of spirituality was angels and meditating and spirit guides and not aliens. So I could not read that book. I was just freaked out looking at the picture on the cover. And now they've changed the cover. It doesn't even show that unattractive looking alien at least it was to me but it's still being sold and it was reissued in 2008 so you know this is a topic that's not going to go away and they've released files now and we have navy commanders talking about and pilots talking about how you know they've seen aircraft that are not ours and that kind of thing anyway what I did with it was I brought it to Goodwill (laughs) because I could not even open it. I was just so skittish. I can't believe I did that. But yep, that's what happened to that book. The next podcast I want to talk to you about is called The Skeptic Metaphysician. And it's done by a man named Will Rodriguez. And he is so wonderful. I was on his podcast recently talking about the Akashic Records and We talked with his wife as well, and it was just the most warm and wonderful interview. And even though he investigates all kinds of things that are metaphysical, he's still a skeptic, and he's looking to try some things and talk about some things, and he has a really great way about him. His podcast is fun. So anyway, I thought the episode I would tell you about is one where he speaks to this woman who says she's a vampire. Now, she doesn't necessarily drink blood of humans. She spells vampire with a Y, V-A-M-P-Y-R-E-S, and they talked about how this was an old English spelling or maybe Victorian. I can't remember exactly. But she speaks of energy vampires and how they have a bad rap and how there are a lot of people who don't even know probably that they're feeding off the negativity in a room. And she says that's not how she sees it or speaks about it, but instead that humans have great life force which radiates out beyond their body and beyond into the energy field and then there's still some excess. And so she says that's what she looks for, the excess, so she can pick up the extra energy. It's not stealing your energy or draining your energy, but picking up the excess from people who have let's say more than they need. Okay, that's different. Anyway, I thought it was a good interview for the Halloween season. She says she's had very healing experiences in communities of 
these people who are or claim that they are vampires. She said she actually found a lot of love and a lot of warmth in, in that community and that it opened up a new world for her and it's been really fabulous for her. Yeah, she said it's a lot of goth stuff and she had fangs made for herself and people wear fangs. I'm, I'm fascinated. I don't know if I want to attend one of their parties though. But anyway, she says she finally feels at home doing that. I'm like, okay. There's something for everyone. So that is the skeptic metaphysician. And I will also put that in the show notes so you can click on that paranormal podcast. So there you go. The third one is spiritual S-H-boop-T. And um, because I'm trying to keep this completely clean, I can't say that word. So and her episode is from last year 2020 where she has spooky stories now this is a great episode from leah lovely who is the podcast host and she talks about spooky stories of her own and she's had quite a few you know with doors closing and people walking around her house and seeing ghosts and aliens and such all paranormal goodies that are perfect for the halloween season I've been listening to Aaliyah for some time now and her take on spirituality and her journey has been really very interesting. She has come so far in a little over a year. It's mind boggling. She really does share from the heart and talk about herself and how her spirituality is part of her journey and that kind of thing. Her success like went wild and skyrocketed towards the end of 2020 it was like amazing and I give this woman so much credit because she got up to a million downloads in just one year and that is like crazy that's just record-breaking for sure like it's it's really big if you get to 10,000 <laughs> never mind a million does a really good job of explaining a variety of uh, spiritual experiences and shares things that worked for her so she has an awesome voice too just amazing like a perfect radio voice so I think you'll enjoy that episode and that's my third recommendation for spooky Halloween podcasts now since the veil as they call it is so thin around Halloween this might be a great time to create an ancestor altar if you want to connect with your own ancestors and that could be people far back in the generations or it could be your grandparents or even your parents if they've passed you might have uncles aunts nieces um, you might have um, second or third cousins whatever it is you might be here in this country a long time and want to talk to somebody who's around during the civil war whatever that is this might be a good time to create your ancestor altar I encourage you to do that and I built one a while ago and I have pictures of my mother's mother's family I don't even know most of their names just my own grandmother and then I have pictures of my father's mother and father and two older brothers and he's a baby in that photo and then he had more siblings after but they're not in the picture then I have my parents and then I have one aunt and uncle And I say hello to them when I come down the stairs or at the bottom of the stairs near my front door. 
And I have their pictures and I have some hearts and some acorns and other little symbols there and a, a candle and a glass of water as an offering. This might be a great time of year for you to do something like that because as the veil thins, maybe you can connect with them or speak with them. So I can't tell you I've had a lot of success at my little altar talking or hearing. We'll say hearing them, but I have talked to them. And basically what I usually do is give thanks. I share my gratitude and I share my gratitude for their DNA, their intelligence, their skills, their talents, all the things they pass down to me. And their love and support for anybody who is giving me guidance today and sticking by my side from the spirit world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My heart is overflowing with gratitude for anything my ancestors are doing on my behalf in this world to help make my path easier. Bless all of you. That's all I can say. Because I'll take anything that will make my task easier any day. So I always share my gratitude for that. It's very heartfelt. And I encourage you to do the same. And maybe this Halloween will be the perfect time for you to want to reach out to them. But whether you make the altar or not, you can always reach out to them. I have spoken to my ancestors through meditation through mediumship, and through dreams because my parents pop in often. And one time I was really, really upset about something that happened with my brother. And it was a big misunderstanding, thankfully, that got cleared up. But in the meantime, I was terribly upset. And they both came that night and they called me Ronnie Ann. So they both came in in a dream and I heard them go, Hi, Ronnie Ann. And my father waved his fingers the way he always did in life. And I was so, I can't even tell you how choked up I got to remember when I woke up to remember that dream. And they came to hug me. It was so beautiful. I can't even tell you. So anyway, given that the veil will be thin, you might want to try connecting with your ancestors. And one thing I will tell you is I always ask for my whole and healed ancestors. Because not everybody is wise just because they've passed on. My parents seem fine and the people that I connect with seem fine, but sometimes there has been some mischief with some people and their ancestors. So I don't mean to worry you or anything. I'm just saying always ask for your whole and healed ancestors because they will be the ones who will most likely be able to help you best. So that's what I have for you today, the Halloween episode of the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. And if you've enjoyed this today, please share it with someone you love. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to like this episode if you enjoyed it. Write a positive review if you feel inspired. And subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'll have more about love and magic next time. Until then, this is Oceana Fortuna reminding you to share your love and seek magic every day.